Welcome to episode 22 of The Process. Just do it. Welcome to episode 22 of The Process. I am Quavon Taylor. I am Omonte Martin. Uh, today we have Chef Lambo on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Chef Lambo. Hey, guys. <laughs> How's it going? Can you tell the listeners where you're from? I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, specifically the West End in Atlanta. I grew up there. I've been there since I was eight years old. West End. What was it like growing up there for you? Um... I, I guess it was cool. I mean, it was a decent neighborhood, still like right there in the hood, but it was a decent neighborhood. But um, I didn't really feel it too much because honestly, we weren't really allowed outside. So <laughs> we had to stay inside. <laughs> Stayed inside. You yeah. said the West End at now, right? Yeah. Okay, Western Atlanta. What uh, what major struggles or hurdles did you have to overcome, you know, growing up in Atlanta? Mm, so I guess like like I said before, like my mom used to like make us stay inside, and that piggybacks to follow your question, which is she put us in private school. So we were in private school our whole life. So that's all I knew. Like I went to school with a bunch of white people, but I came home to the hood and I wasn't allowed outside. So it was kind of like, I don't know, just growing up, like having those two different kinds of lifestyles. I wouldn't say it was bad. I would think it was pretty cool because I got to see like both, you know, cultures, you know, the white people I went to school with and then I go back to the hood and I eventually went to college at Fort Valley State University. Um, so I don't know, I guess just to say that I got to experience different cultures. So you end up going to Fort Valley State in the Valley with the Wildcats. Yes, yes, uh, go Wildcats. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to Fort Valley State, I know the Valley. Um, how was that for you? How was that, you know? I love my HBCU, y'all. I'm so <laughs> excited. Homecoming is this Saturday. 
It is my 10 year anniversary with the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Spring 08 line, 35 soldiers of the silent war. So I'm really excited about, you know, going to homecoming this weekend. And my time at the Valley was great. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I played tennis at Fort Valley. I was in Pi Gimme Honor Society. I was in the psychology club. I pledged. It was just, it was really cool. So I got a lot, I, I got a chance to meet a lot of people and um, get a lot of support throughout life. So yeah, it was amazing. So so how was that transition going from a private, you know, predominantly white school to Fort Valley State University? Oh, it was a transition, honey. <laughs> it was a transition. I y'all y'all don't think I'm crazy when I say this, but I had lit and and I mean it's just my like testimony for real. I always went to a a mixed school or an all white school. So going straight from those kind of schools, brought up in the West End where I could not go out straight to Fort Valley, like, it was tough. Like, I didn't feel comfortable. I honestly did not feel comfortable. And it was just because, like, I don't know, just, it was a different type of experience. It wasn't what I was used to. Like, I got a, I got two, I got a few sisters, actually. But one of the sisters that I grew up with, um, she enjoyed like wanting to go to public school and stuff but when private school is all you know that's what it was for me so culturally Fort Valley was a huge shock to me and it was literally like I don't know how to explain it it's kind of just kind of it's kind of like being in the unknown not knowing like day to day how life is gonna go you know when you're you're pulled out of your comfort zone and eventually like my roommates and I became friends I got to know their friends everybody's just cool and I realized that I was so like sheltered from going outside being allowed outside that like it was kind of, I connected on a different level with people that I went to Fort Valley more than the people that I went to at Maris because I felt like I just wasn't, I wasn't completely myself. And it wasn't until when I got to Fort Valley and I started opening up, it was like, damn, like, you cool, you cool, you cool. Like, I don't know, it just kind of brought a whole kind of different light into, into perspective. Like, then I was kind of like, damn, I wish I went to public school, you know, in high school type of thing. But that's just, I don't know. That's just how it was. That's just how it was initially. So getting used to the unfamiliar, you know what I'm saying? Being outside of your comfort zone and being able to adapt. Like, could you speak more on that? Like what, what was that process like? Just being able to um, adapt to your, your situation, your circumstances. So I was a part of, um, initially when I went to Fort Valley, I um, got a, was on scholarship for, to play tennis. So when I first went to Fort Valley and I'm on the courts the very first day of tennis practice, like I've already uh, formed bonds with other people that, you know, I've lived with and stuff. So I'm like, 
okay, this will be a no-brainer. The coach was cool. He said that everybody on, on the team was cool. So I was, I was comfortable. From then, we just playing from singles to even doubles, having practice, you know, with a certain teammate all the time. You just grew really close. Having to travel on the road and sleep in the sleep in hotel hotel rooms with you know two or three people sometimes like we just really grew close. So it just that's what really initially helped to facilitate um, my transition from a predominantly white school to HBCU. You know I don't really like uh, Fort Valley State. You know I'm a uh, Tuskegee gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> TU, uh, so um, going to an HBCU, uh, what was the biggest learning lesson you learned? Uh, the biggest learning curve, uh, just dealing with people, dealing with the environment. Like, I know you went to a, I never experienced uh, going to a private school. Um, I'm, I'm a public school kid, you know, I went to Miami Northwestern High School, uh, Alapada, you know, I'm from Miami. How was it, like, 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 how was it, uh, Learning-wise, uh, we know uh, culture-wise it was different, but the learning from a learning aspect, like, did you learn more at a private school? Like, what was it, what was it like? From a learning aspect of things, I learned a lot more at uh, my high school than I did in college. Like, I learned. Mm, how do I say? Of course, I learned like things that I never really knew before, but Maris prepped me for a lot of stuff that that I was just completely ready for at Fort Valley. Like, I'm not gonna lie, in high school, I had, I wanna say like maybe a 2.8 GPA. It was really low. So I went to Fort Valley and I ended up with a three six three eight it's just kind of like my freshman and sophomore year everything was so easy because maris is a um a college prep school so it prepared me for a lot of stuff that i had to do at fort valley and it just i i just did really really well i did really well i even said that you know possibly when the time comes I will possibly put my kids in, in private school because I realized like how much it, it did for me and my, you know, sister. Um and then when they turn eighteen, that's on them. So yeah. So Chef so Chef Lambo, what did you study while attending Fort Valley? I got my bachelor's in psychology in two thousand nine. And I got my master's in vocational rehabilitation counseling in um, spring of 2013. Uh, you got your degree in, soci in social work, sociology. Psychology. Sorry about that, psychology. Uh, and now you're a chef. What, what led to the different career path? Yeah, I, after I got my master's, it actually while I was getting my master's, I, I, you have to do an internship in the program. So I chose to do my internship in Pennsylvania, in York, Pennsylvania, because it was, um, it was a paid internship and they weren't doing paid internships at the time in Atlanta. 
So my um, my professor hooked me up with this with this uh, internship, and it turned out to be really really great. Like I was making a lot of money and. I um, was still like taking uh, two more classes online. So it worked out really cool. And they said that um, after I get my, my degree, I'll go ahead and they'll go ahead and hire me full time. So I'm like, great, that's perfect. Let me just stick with this. I thought initially at the time that I was going to be able to travel more with clients and just I don't know, just just travel more like outside of the state. So that's what I was kind of excited about. But I realized at the time I wasn't able to do that. So I got really, really, really bored with that job. Although it was great, I got really bored with that job. And I went to Fort Valley Homecoming one year. And I met my one of my Saras. And she told me that, you know, her company was hiring and it was it was to be a flight attendant. So I was like, I always dreamed about being a flight attendant. I want to do it so bad. So she put in a good word for me, had tape, training, tests, all that stuff. I became a flight attendant. So I've been a flight attendant for three and a half years. Initially, when I first became a flight attendant, I just was never making enough money. I was never making enough and I was living check to check. My boyfriend at the time was just like, you know, let's think about a side hustle. Like you can cook and all this stuff. You should sell, you should start selling plates. So I created a new Instagram, um, starting this business, but I had no idea what was about to happen. And I started selling plates. I started selling plates out of my car and I ended up making 30 plates one day and I decided to go to all the barbershops, beauty salons, nail salons, auto places, like any any place where I think that workers can't take a lunch break, even uh, barbershop schools. So I started doing that. That first day I did all that stuff and ended up selling 21 plates. I gave the rest away to the homeless because I don't like wasting my food. But that's how it pretty much started. I started, I was still a flight attendant, keep in mind, because I was a flight attendant for three and a half years. So me doing this every day on my off days, every going, you know, away, flying, coming back straight to work, sometimes straight off the plane to the grocery store before it closes to go ahead and prep, you know, late, late for the next day so I can sell plates. So that's how it was. I was living in Houston, Texas at the, at the time. I love Houston, love Houston. Shout out to Houston. They showed me so much love out there. They showed me so much love. Stuff ended, ended up happening family-wise. So I had to move from Houston um, to Jersey. I was still a flight attendant. So now I don't, I'm not, I'm not getting a place in Jersey. I'm literally commuting back and forth because I've moved my stuff to Atlanta. After I left Houston, I moved everything that I owned back home to Atlanta. And then I started flying out of Jersey. So commuting back and forth from Atlanta to Jersey just was not happening. I wasn't getting my clients anymore. I missed I missed that money down in Houston and it just was not paying my bills again because now 
I'm technically, I don't have anywhere to really stay in Jersey, but I'm coming back to Atlanta. So it was just a constant, like, I'm on these flights, you know, four, five, sometimes six days out of the week. I have customers still calling me. Now I have customers in Atlanta calling me for business. And I'm like, dang, like, okay, you know, no, I can't do it that day. I'm not available that day. But the next day is like, no, I can't do it that day. I'm not available that day. I get another call. And it's just like, I'm missing out on all of this, you know, catering opportunities. And I realized like, damn, like I can really be making a business out of something that I'm super passionate about, something that I super love. And I just said one day, like last, it was actually last October. It was last October around this time. Oh my God, it's almost been a year. <sighs> it was last October around this time. And I decided November, I'm going to go ahead and quit. I'm going to go ahead and quit. So the following week, I put in my two weeks and I quit on November 1st. And ever since November 1st, I moved straight back down here to, um, to Atlanta, living here full time. Um, and I just started advertising for myself, marketing for myself, doing more on my Instagram page, like creating stuff, like anything that I can do, sending out email blasts, just whatever I could do in order to start getting this business that's calling me all the time. So it eventually happened. Like I went from straight being from Fort Valley you know, working in my field to doing all this other stuff and becoming a a, a full-time chef. It's crazy. And when you first started setting plates, um, were you nervous? And how was it, how was that process um, stepping out on fate, you know, walking away from your job just to say, uh, this is what I want to do. I want to be a chef. I want to cater. I want to work for myself. That process is pretty difficult. Like, I was nervous at the time because I'm not really used to public speaking and stuff. So me having to to walk in and all guys barbershop, like that was pretty difficult. Like you really gotta have some balls and some confidence, like just to, you know, say say things that you that you want, things that you need, whatever, and and try to get it done. So in every barbershop, every salon, wherever I was going. I just asked for managers, who's the owner, who's the manager, can I speak to them or whatever? And then, you know, I introduced myself or whatever. So it it was a struggle at first, like even auto, auto car zones. It was a struggle at first, but I mean, eventually I got used to it. So it kind of, it kind of built my character, built my character for stuff like this. I've done a few radio interviews, so. It's getting better. It's getting better. I'm gaining um, and building my confidence right now. Stepping out on faith to do something that I love was very scary. I'm not gonna lie and say it was easy because it was very hard. And at times, like that flight attendant check stopped coming. So now it's like you really got to get out there and hustle and really just when your back is against the wall, you just gotta go for what you know. And that's, that's the only other thing that I knew. So just stepping out and trusting the process and believing that, you know, 
it's it's gonna it's gonna work out. Everything's gonna be okay. It was it was tough, but it turned out amazing, and it's you know hopefully um, putting it out there in the universe that it's gonna be even greater and and better than what it is now for sure. I, I think it's interesting. Um... You went to Fort Valley State. It was something unfamiliar to you, something that was, you know, kind of unknown. Um, and you kind of replicated that with starting your business. You know what I mean? Um, by stepping out into the unknown and starting your own business. So what um, advice would you give to someone thinking about stepping out on faith and doing something that they're passionate about? Um, the advice that I would give to someone that's stepping out on the unknown but also just stepping out there on faith and doing something they're passionate about would be just to just do it like just do it just do it like what do you have to lose I mean a hundred people aren't gonna say you don't know it could be that one person that says yes and it just it just changes your life just just do it just 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 go just go so so who is Chef Lambo today? I'm me. I've always been me. I'm the same person from when I can remember. I'm just me. I don't know. I'm funny. I consider myself smart. I mean, creative at times, passionate and loyal. So that's me. And I'm a chef. And you a chef. <laughs> so so what advice would you give to your younger self school is not for everybody because debt is a bleep it really is it really is it really is I mean if you find your passion while you in high school and you love it you love it man do it just do it you don't I mean school's not for everybody especially like these days there's so many of us that are in my age range between 25 and you know 40 even younger than 25 like just being an entrepreneur going for what they know and they're killing the game I totally support black business because black business supports me completely completely I say just do what you're passionate about and stick with it stick with it you know you said school isn't for everybody so what are some alternatives like what what programs or initiatives do you think would be beneficial to implement or are already you know going on that would be beneficial for someone who wants to start a business or be an entrepreneur i mean in high school i'm sure they offer like some type of vocational training classes maybe not in every high school I'm not really sure how that um works I I mean I just know what happened in private school but I know that some schools are vocational schools so me I would suggest like if you find your passion at a young age or even you know as a teenager switch over and go to a vocational school where you know they have your passion where you can work on it and really find out if you you know, are really into it or no, or no, or is there like something else that, you know, has been in the back of your head that you want to try? Vocational schools have a lot of, have a lot of different uh, careers that they, 
that they cover. So, I mean, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur or start your own business, then I would definitely suggest that. You can also take some um, classes online, read some books, um, and just talk to people, uh, network and talk to people, just get out there. Shoot, what I did was started putting my flyers on people's cars and handing out my business cards. And just eventually when I got to Atlanta, I know I'm going off topic, but when I got to Atlanta and started, you know, doing the chef thing full time, I started connecting with more chefs. So that's how you kind of, you know, go ahead and, and pick pick somebody else's brain and try to find out what they did and what didn't work for them and see how you could see what your business could be like if you kind of used, you know, advice and insight. What challenges did you face, you know, stepping out? Was it was it resources? Was it uh, recipes? Uh, what challenges did you face just stepping out and becoming a chef? Filleting, like I just, I did not know really how to fillet, and that was a challenge to me. Some people want to go to school and take, you know, go to culinary school and take classes and all that stuff, but I'm in too much Port Valley because I have a master's. So, I mean, I decided not to go that route. I figured I know how to cook, I know how to season stuff. Let me just kind of put everything together and make a happy stomach out of it and it wasn't until like I really got into this culinary world when I you know quit everything and I'm doing this full time now is where I'm noticing like it's a bunch of stuff I don't know it's just not flying it's it's other stuff like that and I'm learning I'm learning I want to give a huge shout out to my mentor chef chef Robert Butts he is the executive chef at um Simon's restaurant in Atlanta where I'm currently working under him right now so he's teaching me a lot of stuff he's really teaching me a lot of stuff and um I'm growing I'm definitely growing he's he showed me how to fillet stuff debone stuff mix sauces and everything so <laughs> I'm I'm growing I'm growing I'm happy are there any last words you want to leave with the listeners for anyone out there that's you know wanting to follow their goals and their dreams and, and just anything that they're really passionate about and you're scared, you're nervous, like, you know, you know, you want to step out on faith, but you're just, you know, you're comfortable, you're comfortable. And that's what it was for me. Like I was super comfortable in my career and I just wasn't going anywhere with it. And I knew I could, I could do more and I could be more and I could, I, I could, I could set myself, you know, up for, for the rest of my life. So all I say is just, you know, follow your goals, follow your dreams and and do what you're passionate about. It might take some time, but when it feels right, just do it or God will God will put you in a position where your back is against the wall and you have no choice but to jump. And you and you better jump right. So yeah, I mean just just follow your goals and 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 dreams, guys. So Chef Lambo where can people find you for advice about catering? So advice for catering um, and just pictures and ideas and recipes, you can hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram is chef period Lambo. That's easy. 
my business page instagram is in my kitchen it's periods in between each word in my kitchen my website that you can book me on for any special events or occasions is inmykitchencatering.com. You can email me also at inmykitchentx at gmail.com. This concludes episode 22 of The Process. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and to like us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through, and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.